blessed in Jesus' name. We, um, I love to hear the stories of, uh, of people as they've made the decision to go public with their faith and uh, what God, what, what are the, you know, kind of the background of all of that. I, I, um, I remember hearing Sean share his story how that uh, he, he uh, was raised in a, a Mormon um, uh, background and, uh, and he woke up one morning here a few months ago and God just spoke to him, go to the cornerstone. He'd never been here. He'd never anything. He had no connection, but he just came. And uh, he showed up and, and uh, accepted Christ. So um, God's doing a great thing. So when they were praying for his family, he's, his family is still um, kind of in that uh, Mormonism, which uh, is a cult. So, um, well, this morning we're going to talk about the true Jesus, all right? Because that's what we're doing. We've been, we started this series um, going through the book of John, the gospel of John, taking a look at, and we're just calling it Jesus is, and you fill in the blank as God reveals. And the reason we're doing this is because, well, John made this statement, and uh, actually it's the core of the book. And if you want to know why John wrote the book, he actually tells us, and he said, then he wrote, actually, the, the, the signs and miracles and what he wrote in the book for a specific purpose. He didn't write everything that Jesus did. Of course, if he did that, that would take, um, well, there just aren't enough books for that and uh, not, not enough space for that. But he did write, and he has basically gave us seven miracles in this book and he gave us of course what jesus had taught in a specific for a specific reason that you might know that jesus is the christ the son of the living god and that believing we're believing that that you may have life in his name so what we're doing is we're looking and seeing who jesus is because listen as you discover jesus as you fit you believe in the jesus that is revealed to us in scripture that something takes place in you that you have life in his name. And that life isn't just the moment you get saved, but it's a, pro a process of working life inside of you every day and discovering Jesus in new ways, discovering who he is. Lord, it enhances, it encourages you, and it enhances your relationship with Jesus. And that's what it's about, isn't it? I mean, we always say that we're not a religion where about a relationship and we're about a relationship with Jesus that should be an ongoing thing in our life hopefully you know Jesus better now than you did a year ago if you've been a Christian you know that you you've grown closer to him you've discovered him and you you've entered into a deeper relationship because that is something that we pursue our entire life we're discovering God in new ways in our life and so um John takes us, and we, we started the first, our first two messages, and we're in chapter 1 still, and verse 35. And at this pace, we'll get done in about 10 years. So we probably won't go at the same pace in the rest of the book, but we're, you know, we've been building this foundation that we have in the first chapter 
as John has talked to us about the Creator, who Jesus is, the Word of God, the one who always existed, that, that created everything, that He's the second person of the triune Godhead, and we discover who Jesus Christ is. But we also discovered another thing about Jesus, and that's when the uh, John the 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 you know the Baptist came on the scene, and he came on the scene, and he tells us about the Jesus who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the one who he says was before him, and the one he he says I'm not even worthy to do the most meaningless job that a slave would do. I I am not even worthy of that, and so. Um, we discover the Jesus who is who is the great I am, who is also the the sacrificial Lamb, the Savior, and and so today we're looking as Jesus is. He's in the process of of building this team. We call apostles these uh, these disciples who would follow him, and he's. And, and right from the beginning, from even the moment of his baptism, there seemed to be a time when Jesus is, um, you know, he's, he starts this process and they'll come to a point in which the disciples will be called. He will actually spend time in prayer, the scripture says. He'll, he'll have an extended period of time and then he chooses the apostles and he calls them. And remember some of that found in Matthew and Luke as you would read the Gospels where Jesus would go to the, the, you know, the side of the lake and, and call out to these fishermen and say, he'd say, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And immediately they drop their nets and they come follow Jesus. And you go, wow, that's kind of wild. Do they even know who he is? And he just says, follow me. And they give up their business and everything else and they follow? That's not the case. Actually, there was interaction. We'll see a little bit more about that where Jesus kind of reveals himself next week in a little deeper way. And, and, uh, but he, they're, they're discovering him in the process and then, uh, then, then they're following him. In fact, they stay with him a few days and, and then eventually he will call them and there'll be this, this, uh, this calling in their life because the calling has already actually been there. God has already determined, but they're discovering Jesus so that they will make the decision to follow him. Now, he starts off, it says, and again, the next day, this is after John has already, you know, proclaimed Jesus that he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Um, it says, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looked at Jesus as he, as he walked and said, behold, the Lamb of God. So John is repeating that again. Behold the Lamb of God. But the scripture tells us that there's two guys who are watching, and they see, hear John say that, and they're disciples of John, and they're following. And then it says, then Jesus turned, um, actually the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus, it says in, in uh, verse 37. So they have been focused on John, but John says, I'm not the person to follow. I'm not the, I'm not the one. He is. He's the one. And so they turn and they follow Jesus. And, uh, and could I just say at this point that that is 
the goal. Um, the, the goal is not for us to believe in Jesus. Um, the goal is for us to follow Jesus. It, it, God wants, he wants to take us to a place. He wants us to have a faith, a belief in Jesus that is so strong that it turns into a follow Jesus life. And, and so the two disciples now are, to follow, are, are following Jesus. Now, we don't know who they both are. We, are, we do discover who one of them is, and, and, uh, and the other one we assume. It says, these two disciples, as we go on, verse 38, then Jesus turned and seeing them following, he said to them, what do you seek? What do you seek? That, that's, a, that's a clarifying question. That, that's a reorientating question. That's, that's a sobering question that is repeated by Jesus and I would say repeated to us by Jesus. I, I think Jesus asked that question of us, what are you seeking? And that question, I'm asked, I, let's, let's hear it from the Lord this morning, what are you seeking? Because I think there's a time more than once in our life that we need that internal, uh, you know, light shined upon our motives and our desires and what we're wanting in our life because it's telling, because we have so many things that we can seek after and find ourselves seeking after. And, uh, and sometimes as we're seeking after things, we don't even know we're seeking after them. And, and so even the question many times we can't answer. I know in my life when I was, I was 19 years old, uh, uh, a transforming moment in my life. I was, um, life was, I would say this, for a 19-year-old, life was, would be considered good. Life was good. You know, I, was, I didn't have any, any major problems going on in my life. I was, uh, you know, I was going to college. I was playing ball. I was surfing regularly, you know. I had a little part-time job that kept me going, but I, I had everything I needed. And, and um, you know, the kind of the weekends would come, and you'd do your party thing, and because I was 19, and I thought that was, you know, that was my life. And, uh, and I remember, um, I remember going to this party. You know, you kind of, everybody kind of gets high and goes to the party, and you're, your party. And, uh, and I was there, and there were some of my friends there at this party, and I remember, you know, just kind of, this is what was going on. I was not happy. I, I had everything, you know, I'm, it, you know, I mean, I wasn't rich, but I had everything. I had, I had everything you could, I mean, I, I drove home that, that night, and I stopped in front of my house. I was just parked it in front of the house in my um, 63 Impala. And um, that was before I had that wonderful Pinto that <laughs> took me to another level. But I, w I was sitting in that, that car and I, and I remember I didn't know God. I knew of God. 
but I remember just actually just tearing up. I, I was miserable. I don't know why I was miserable. I didn't know what I wanted. All I knew was I was not happy at all. And I remember just calling out to God. Because, see, what I didn't know was what I was seeking only God could give me. What I really wanted, if that the question to be answered, what are you seeking, I was really seeking for more than the, that this world could offer. I could only get it by knowing him. And, and I, I didn't know how to answer, I even ask the question. I didn't know enough to ask the question. I didn't know enough to, to even pursue anything other than just crying out to God. That was all I did. I didn't know the Lord, but I just was, I don't know where to go. And, and a series of things happened right after that that was life-changing. One of the things that happened was, a, a, I think it was about a week later, or less than that, me and my buddy got loaded, and we went surfing in a storm. Nobody's surfing, nobody's out in the water, but we knew we could conquer the surf. And, and I almost drowned. And in the process of that experience, I called out to God. In fact, I didn't know what to ask. Promise God, but I, I promised him this. If he let me live, it was in my mind, in a split second, I'd read the Bible every day. And, uh, well, I tried that. That didn't work very good. I didn't know. I started. I got the family Bible out, dusted it off, opened it to Genesis, and started to read. You know, just as soon as you get to the begats, you're done. Said I didn't understand anything anyhow. I closed it, and then, then my friend invited me to a Bible study that I went to and started getting very interested in the Scripture, then was invited to a church that preached the gospel, and I got saved. And then it was like, now I know what I'm seeking after. I didn't know until then. That, that was the moment. That was a life-changing experience, but it all started with this I need. I know something's missing. I just don't know what it is. I know there's something I'm seeking after. I just don't know what it is. But the thing I was seeking after was the one who created me. And I just didn't know it. And so Jesus asked this really telling question because we answer it in a lot of ways. Well, People, you know, what are you seeking? A successful career or to be great parents or have a great family or higher standing of living or romance or beauty or influence. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Now, their response was not an answer. It is, they said to him, Rabbi, which is, the scripture says, which is to say, when translated teacher, where are you staying? We'd like to hang out with you. And, uh, and he said to them, come and see. Come and see. He didn't tell them. He says, come and see. You pursue. You know, the Bible says, if you seek him, you will find him if you search for him with all of your heart. You pursue. 
You come. I'm, I'm, I'm revealing myself. You see who I am. See. And what we get to see here in this process, we get to see the disciples as they're beginning to follow Jesus. And they're going to begin this journey, and, um, and it's going to be a journey of a lifetime. It's going to be, be beyond their wildest imagination. But you must come to Jesus first. We must. That's where it starts. So in verse 40, it says, One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So now we know who one of those two were. It's Andrew. And most believe, most commentators believe that the second one was probably John, the writer of the book. He, he never names himself in, in this, like I said before, that whenever he describes himself in the, in the book, he always calls himself the, the apostle whom Jesus loved. And so um, he's now at this place. Uh, he's, he's one of the two, we believe, but we know who that Andrew is. And Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So it says, he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. The Messiah, Christ. The anointed one. We found him. And he brought him to Jesus. I, I want you to see the process of evangelism, how simple it is. He just... Brought him to Je we make it so difficult. We, he, he just brought him to Jesus. Here, you need to you know, talk to him. You, you need to see him. You need to follow him. That's where it is. And, and when Jesus looked at him, I, I, want, I, I want to repeat that. Just kind of mumble this, all right? When Jesus looked at him, when Jesus looked at him. Because if you want to fill in the gap or the blank, you know, Jesus is, this morning, he's the God who sees you. He's the God who sees you. And when Jesus looks at Peter, at Simon, he says, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, or Peter, Cephas, or the Greek Peter, which is translated stone, you will be Peter. Well, Peter isn't Peter yet, but he now is called Peter. Because Jesus sees who Peter will be. I mean, I think that's kind of strange, though. You just meet somebody... And they give you a nickname. I mean, if somebody does it, you kind of, that's a little weird. You don't know who I am. Jesus knows who he is. And Jesus says, this is who you are. You're going to be, you're going to be a rock. You're going to be a stone. You're going to be, and Peter was. He became that. He went through a transition to get there. I mean, he was the guy who first, you know, denied the Lord. He did some things. He was always putting his foot in his mouth. Jesus was always correcting him and all that. But he became this solid foundation for the church. I'm not saying he founded the church. I'm just saying he was a solid foundation for the disciples and the church. He was a leader. He 
became what Jesus said he would be. Because see, Jesus sees you and me. And he sees us and he sees who we will be. He, 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 he sees what we will become. He sees what we're, we will achieve. He sees what we can be in our life. It's very interesting that we'll see this again repeated here in the story. But when Jesus, it says Jesus sees individuals this way, he doesn't talk about, like, instead of calling Peter, he could have said, oh, you're the guy that's going to deny me. You, you know, he could, he, he could have gone down the list of things. Oh, you're the one that's always getting it wrong. You're always putting your foot in your mouth. You're that guy, you know. He doesn't. It's interesting that as Jesus, re, you know, retitles Peter, he looks at the positive thing that Peter is going to be. The other things are also true about Peter. But can I suggest that when Jesus sees you, he's not, he knows you're got, he knows you're gonna have failure. He knows that he knows all that stuff, but what he focuses on is your potential, what you are gonna be. He focuses on what how he has made you to become. And and so why should we focus on all of our failures when Jesus is focusing on all the things that we can become? Jesus looks and sees where we're headed. And we, I think, do better in looking at ourselves through the eyes of Jesus. And so... So, um, verse 43, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. There are some people that it just takes them forever to just catch it, right? And then some, they jump right on. Philip's one of those that like, oh, okay. I'll, that sounds good. I'll follow you. You're the one. You're, you know, you're the, you're, you're the, you're, you're the Lamb of God. John said, "Yeah, let's go." There are others that just they, you know, they're, they're constantly con contemplating, and, and you kind of have to have some processing. I think it's probably good, but why are you taking so long? And Philip, so. So, um, Philip is um, ready to go. And, um, and, and it says, now Philip was from Bethsaida, a city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. We found who he is. We found him. We found the Messiah. And it says, son of Joseph, which he was only, you know, he, he, Joseph was, um, you know, his uh, stepdad and that. But he, and, and then it says, Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Kind of a negative statement. 
but it was true. Nazareth was this town, little town. By the way, there were mostly Gentiles in Nazareth, and uh, it was a Roman outpost. And nobody wanted to live in Nazareth. In fact, we have writings from uh, uh, that, that the soldiers in that were stationed in Nazareth didn't want to be there. Nobody wanted to be there. Nobody wanted to live in, in Nazareth. It's kind of like, I was trying to think about how we could relate it today. It's like, who wants to live in Barstow, right? <laughs> There's a military base near Barstow that keeps Barstow, it's the only reason Barstow it still goes. That's the only reason it, it exists is because there was this military base. And uh, I mean, who else would just like try to pop up a town in the middle of the desert? You know, where, I mean, when you leave, when people leave Las Vegas to come back to California, um, when they get to Bar Barstow, it's hotter than Vegas, right? It's hotter than Arizona. You, you go through Barstow, um, anyhow, that's enough about Barstow. I know it fairly well because my brother-in-law lived there for 11 years, and we'd go visit, and we were always going, why are we going to Barstow? They should be coming down here. Why are we going to Barstow to visit? But, um, so, and, and, and Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, come and see. Come and see a great this is a great evangelistic tool line it's not deep come and see come, come, come let me pray with you come let me tell you about jesus come hey come come visit our church i mean it's it's a simple process come come hang out with us you'll see jesus and Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. See, this guy's got integrity. This, this guy is, he's who he says he is. You see, when, when you meet Nathanael, you meet the real deal. It, there's no facade here. There's no deceit. There's no guile. He's not trying to trick you or anything. He's, he's not something that he's not. He's exactly who he is. And Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. There it is again. He, see, because Jesus sees. He says, I saw you. Now, he wasn't seeing him with his eyes. It wasn't like, Jesus was around the corner and he looked over and he saw this guy under the fig tree. Now that's Nathaniel. That's not what that was. This is a supernatural scene. And Nathaniel knows that. That's why he's so uh, overwhelmed by it. That's why he's shocked with it. He sees, he, he, he says, Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You, 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 you really are. You're, you're the king of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, because I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe you'll see greater things than 
these. I love this. Two things that are going on here. One is there's this wonderful promise that's there. If you follow Jesus, you're going to see some. You think that's good. Wait. What he's telling them is you, you have no clue right now what you're going to see. But I can tell you this. What you just thought was enough to co convince you. Well, you're just getting started. Because you follow Jesus and the, your world changes. Your world changes. And, and, and I want to emphasize follow Jesus. Because if you're just one who kind of, you know, you're a member. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a member. I'm a Christian. And I go to church. I'm a member. I'm a member. I'm, I'm a member of this group. I'm a member of this team. If that's what it is. I believe in Jesus. And... Uh, and that, that that is pretty much the description of your Christian life, then I don't think there's a promise of seeing great and wonderful things. I, I don't think you see the things that Jesus is promising Nathaniel unless you're a follower. Because it's in that fact that they would go wherever Jesus went and that's what it means to be a follower. They would go wherever Jesus went is because wherever Jesus was, things happened. And they would see, and Nathaniel would see things that, that he could not have imagined because he would be following Jesus. You know, it was, it, it was described as disciples in the time of Christ, the disciple was one who had their robe dirty. If you didn't have a dirty robe, you weren't a disciple. And that doesn't mean you didn't wash. What it meant was this. It was, it was a description of, if you are a disciple, you're following someone so close that the dirt is ki kicked up on your robe. And you get, dirt, get a little dirty because... You're a disciple, and when you're following Jesus, well, there's a vi visible evidence that you're walking close behind him. And in our life as followers of Jesus, listen, followers of Jesus would see the most amazing things, but they would also get dirty. There, there were times when they would walk through things that were difficult and challenging because they are a follower of Jesus. And... Followers of Jesus find themselves in times that they, they, they're challenged and there's, there might even be, I mean, there's suffering sometimes involved in following Jesus closely. It's costly. But they're the only ones who get to see it all. And you see God at work because you're close, you're following Jesus. And... Uh, and Jesus sees. He says, I saw you, and he sees you. It, it reminds you, reminds me of an early story in the scriptures about a, an Egyptian slave girl who uh, was taken or 
who was Sarai's slave. And uh, because Sarai was not able to get pregnant, um, took her handmaiden to Abraham. And she conceived, but doesn't know she has conceived. And now she's in a place where she's miserable because her, her master is not treating her well. And she runs actually to commit suicide. That, that's pretty much what hap is happening because she runs off into the desert and she's probably not going to survive. And the angel of the Lord appears to her and, uh, and says, uh, and, and, and encourages her and tells her that um, he has a plan, that God has a plan, and that she's pregnant and in her womb is in fact a nation uh, the, the, uh, a multitude that will come from her womb and, uh, and encourages her as she's in this desperate state of, uh, of misery to go back and then humble herself and then God will bring her through. And she hears what's going on and she, her response is one that um, actually many people when they talk about the names of God is revealed because at that moment, uh, she, she calls God El-Rahi, which is the God who sees. The God who sees. She says, you, I, I, have, I have seen the God who sees. And I was, when I was, you know, going through that, I was thinking this morning, that there are some people that you're in a desperate place in your life. She, she, was, she, she saw no hope for, from where she was seeing in her life at that point. Been in a place where she just saw no hope. And then who she discovers is the God who sees. And that God then encourages her and says, listen, oh, there's going to be some challenges. There's no doubt. I mean, your boy's going to be a little, be a handful. But not only that, I, I, but I, what I do want you to know, you see, God says, I, I have a plan. I have, I have purpose. There's, there's a future for you. And God wants, there's somebody who just needs to know God sees. I believe this morning. I think there's more than one. I think there's people in this room that you just forget that God sees. S sometimes sometimes the only time we think that God sees is when we fail. But God sees everything. He sees the failure too. He's, he's a God who forgives as well. But he's a God who sees. He sees your pain. He sees what you know, the, the difficulties, the suffering. He sees all the challenges you face in your life. He sees the emo emotional upheaval. He sees the, you know, the relational challenges and struggles and those things that go on in your life. He sees it all. He's there. Jesus saw. Jesus sees. And then the last verse here of this is, is in verse 51. It says, And he said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angel of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And when he said that, I can guarantee you Nathaniel understood exactly what Jesus was referring to 
and we miss it if you don't know the story. And, it, and because the story is that his you know, great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, Jacob, was, in fact, a, he was running for his life from his brother, and he lands in a place um, that he would name Bethel. He had this place, he, he, he stops and he lays his head, it gets dark, and he takes a rock and uses it. The Bible says he uses the rock as his pillow, which is significant, because I think that rock also represents our rock. Our solid foundation is Jesus, our cornerstone. We need to rest our head on him. And, and at that point, the, he has a dream, and in the dream, he, there's a ladder from where he is that goes right up to heaven, and he sees angels ascending and descending from that ladder. You see, when, and when that happened, he immediately identifies this place as the gateway to heaven, gateway to God. The, the stairway. This is, this, is the open, this is the place where God has revealed himself. And God speaks to him and reaffirms a promise that he had given to Abraham and to Isaac and now to Jacob and tells him that the land is going to be his and how God is going to be with him and all of that. And he ends with these words from the Lord. He says, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. And Nathaniel is hearing, listen, let me tell you, there's more coming. The gateway to heaven is coming. You're going to see the angels ascending, descending on the Son of Man. What you're going to see is this is where God dwells. And you're going to see all of that. And the promise is going to be fulfilled. And Nathaniel, you stick around. And this is your future. And I want to say to all of you, to all of us, stick around. And this will be your future. Follow Jesus. And that's my question. Jesus' question is, will you follow me? My question is, who are you following now? And if it isn't Jesus, if he's not first, what are you seeking? Because there's nothing you're seeking. There's nothing. You will be just like me sitting in my 63 Impala, miserable but not knowing why, knowing there's something missing but not knowing what it is. But I can tell you what it is. It's, it's your life surrounded, surrounding Jesus, where your, your clothes are getting dirty because you're following him. Heavenly Father, thank you. And Lord, for those that right now, today, right this moment, online, here in the building, have not made that decision to follow you. That today would be, Lord, the choice to say, yes, Lord, today I will follow you.
Somebody needs to pray the prayer of salvation today. Right now, you need to just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, I, I believe that you are my Savior and you are my Lord. I choose to follow you, Lord, in my life. I ask you to cleanse my soul. Make me right. Make me whole with you, God. I choose to pursue you, my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
have an amazing rest of the day.